Hello, back for more, are you? Welcome to Two Gobs, No Job. We're here discussing other jobs we could do after being made redundant. And if you're in a similar position, maybe you'll find some ideas too. Hello, David Finch. Hello, Mark Teese. How are you? I am utterly fantastic and joyous. Fantastic. It's day 7,000, I think, of lockdown. Yeah, I mean, I lost count after three, so you're yeah. doing really well. Yeah, yes, yeah, around 7,000. Spent this week mostly making banana-based goods and realised that wasn't really a job. So um, <laughs> I think we should probably get on with thinking about the reality of things. Um, can I just ask a question? Was it food, uh, the banana-based goods, or were you making things like pencil cases? Oh, no, no, yeah, it's was, it was a really good point. Um, yeah, mainly sort of plasticine-based goods, um, uh, bananas. Um, maybe I got the wrong end of the stick with that, about yeah. people making, you know. Yeah, fair enough. Cool. Well, I think other than uh, fruit-based kid material jobs that are viable and also not, the first job we were going to discuss was uh, being lawyers. Yeah, we we did discuss this. Um, I mean, you're basically a seven-year-old lying, aren't you? That's what that's what the first kind of um, first prerequisite for being a lawyer is. Um, it's about lying, isn't it? Is that is that right? I mean, we've all seen the Jim Carrey film. It's called Liar Liar. <laughs> yeah, lawyer. I see. What, I see what you mean. Um, yeah, I mean, they kind of they bend the truth, don't they? wherever they can. They bend the truth like a lockdown banana. Um, and I think, yeah, they do basically. Obviously they do a lot of good work. You know, they get innocent people off. I think they get, uh, I think a lawyer gets an innocent person off once every 11 years, something, something like that. Mainly it's guilty people. Yeah. And, um, and obviously a lot of them um, have made good careers ending up on Netflix on various crime dramas. So they've made quite a, you know quite a name for themselves in, in the recent recent years, but um, yeah, it's, it's it's lying. But more importantly, it's um, they would say it's the art of debate and arguing. Yeah, I think you've got to be argumentative. You've got to want to almost feel like you know at any point you could just shout in someone's face. I think you've got to be on the bubble. Yeah, you've also got to, um, but you've also got to respect the judge. Oh, without so, doubt. You could be going, I could do that job, but it doesn't matter. You've got to respect the judge and you've got to be open to respect at all times. The, thing, the interesting thing here in this country is obviously we don't let our courts be filmed. Whereas if you're in America, of course, it's like a, it's like a TV set. Whereas in this country, you kind of, um, it's all very cloak and dagger. It's all very hidden. So, you know, no one really knows what happens when, when, that, when they go in that room. I mean, essentially, they might still sit in that courtroom and just play a giant game of Monopoly. No one would know. <laughs> yeah, they try and fob us off by doing weird drawings of what went on. And yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not what you imagine, is it? Like, I, I wish they'd just draw the truth one time, that they go in there, have a massive gangbang, the judge gives someone 10 years, and they all go home. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe that's what happens. Maybe the, the court artist is there to ensure that the truth isn't told. That's a great job, isn't it? Court artist. I mean, that's a separate thing, but like connected, you know, you've basically got to 
because no photos and no filming's allowed, you've got to basically tell people what they look like through drawings. So in that courtroom, it's still 1722, in, you know, even though we're in 2020. You know, you still can't see them for real. So no one really knows what they look like. It's, it's, it's like there's a little bit of this cloak and dagger going on, isn't there still? Yeah. Do you think that lawyers and court artists have close relationships? Like, do you oh. think they, uh, they bribe the court artists so that they draw them looking really handsome? 100%. 100%. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? You know, here's 25 quid. Make my chin. <laughs> Like, like, great. I'm not great in profile. Maybe they mark out on the floor of the court, like the best lighting and the best kind of angle of their face for the court artist. And, and also, I wonder if a, like a judge has ever doubled up. Because they don't do a lot, do they? I wonder if the judge is going, do you know what? I'm a bit bored. I'll do a bit of sketching on the side. <laughs> Maybe everyone's sketching. Maybe, you know, a variety of materials. You've got your charcoal people on the jury. Yeah, it's just one big life class, life drawing class. So who's naked? Well, the judge, probably, because he's, he's, he's usually behind that bench, isn't he? So when, when they, you know, but, but again, we don't know in this country because you, you can't see. In America, there's always a big bench, there's, there's a big flag, there's some sort of statue, you know. It's all very kind of, it might be like the same, but we just don't know. The only thing we see is TV dramas that replicate what goes on in court. But how do they know? No one really knows, do they? So, yeah, maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's just, maybe it's just an art class that went wrong. Yeah, I see what you mean. This, yeah, cloak and daggers, big conspiracy. Yeah, what actually goes on behind those closed doors? I mean, one thing I was thinking about was how it works in this current climate. Are people still going into um, courtrooms at the moment? Do you know? I don't think they are. No, I think I think everything's been stopped. So you get a lot of pissed off people who who got their jury service letter not being able to do it now, you know, because everyone wants to do jury service, right? Yeah, that's the dream. Something that's the dream. Do. Yeah, everyone wants to, you know, be at the front row, be the foreman of the jury, you know, in, in the kind of sort of Hollywood style. I suppose I've never done it, but in reality, it's probably quite boring and you probably have to take it quite seriously. I'd imagine. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking, like, how it could still work, like, you know, right now. Whether there could be a, a case over, like, a video call, like a Zoom-type scenario. But then the kind of result of that might mean that, you know, glitches and, like, important bits of evidence gets missed. It could have uh, catastrophic consequences. So let's get this show. So everyone's in there like dressing gowns naked on Zoom or whatever in the court. And basically, so a piece of evidence, really vital evidence, you know, the slightly melted rubber duck that was found at the scene of the crime. And, and no one can see it properly because the video goes out at a, a, a really like opportune, opportune moment, I'd say, for the, I suppose, for the accused, but not great for the prosecution. So, yeah, maybe, maybe there's people getting away with stuff left, right and centre because, because of the Zoom court. Yeah, exactly. That would be my big worry. You know, like if, you know, if we were going to go into um, law right now, if that's the way it's working, yeah, it depends on what side of the fence you are. You could get very lucky or your melted rubber duck could go unseen. Yeah. Also, I mean, there's a more, there's a, actually, we should get serious for a minute. The serious point here is that you wouldn't get to wear the wig. 
<laughs> it just wouldn't fit in a Zoom screen, would it? <laughs> they are pretty damn big. Yeah, I don't, what the wigs or the Zoom screen? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the wigs, the wigs. Right. No, I mean, obviously, we're talking about a high, you know, big, big court case here. If, if, you, if you're getting the wigs out, you know there's some serious, serious criminals involved. Back to the, the naked thing. Um, yeah. Do they have wigs down there as well, do you think? Yeah, they have to, don't they? It's by law. Yeah, all hair yeah, yeah. is covered by a wig. Yeah, yeah that's, everything. That's the only law. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's the weird lawyer who's got really hairy knees as well. <laughs> and he's got like, he's got like knee wigs. That's... Yeah, okay. But, um, but I suppose on Zoom, you wouldn't, you wouldn't see that. Not a problem. Um, not a problem. Yeah. <laughs> okay. No, well, there's sh- there's a nice little benefit for you then. If uh, yeah. yeah, if it's if it's law over Zoom right now, um, no embarrassment over your weird back hair wig. Yeah. By the way, um, what what are they? What are those wigs? What are they made of? Are they are they synthetic or are they real? Um, I've got a feeling they, they're real. They're horses' tails. Is that true? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, but no. But if they say, say they were horses' tails, maybe like uh, there's a lot of horses out of work at the moment. Oh uh, yeah, because you know, other than munching on carrots, they supply lawyer wigs. Yeah. Do you ever think that a lawyer gets on a horse? So maybe it's not about wigs at all. It's about their their kind of relationship with a horse, and that's where it starts. Okay, maybe um, maybe that's where law comes from. Equine. Horses. Yeah. yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, I actually quite—I'd be up for arguing all day. I think it'd be quite fun. Yeah, and, um, I imagine you'd be quite good at that. Yeah, you don't really lose, do you? I mean, I mean, the person you're representing loses, but you don't lose. It's not really about them. It's about you. Yeah, it's all about you. Um, yeah, I'd do that. I, I, I just want to know what's going on behind these closed doors. So I think I'm going to have to get into it. Um, what does it take? Like seven or eight years? Oh, yeah, 40, 50 years, something like that. Yeah, I'm sure there's like a quick um, YouTube fast track lawyer thing. Like, a, you know, over the next couple of weeks, I could probably do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, uh, you know, become a lawyer in seven minutes. Yeah. Um, or like, your, or yeah. your money back or your 300 grand back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, OK, well, I'm, I'm going to I'm thinking about this. This is good. Yeah, I'm going to go for this. What about you? You're not, you don't seem interested, Mr. Tease. I I wonder how busy you'd be right now. Um, I know we've talked about maybe it could work over Zoom, but are people breaking the law at the moment? I mean, we're all in lockdown. Like the closest thing to law breaking at the moment is getting too close to someone in a supermarket. So then do you have to specialise? Do you have to be a, a supermarket lawyer? I'm not sure I'm <laughs> yeah. into that. Uh, okay. Yeah, so like a, like a, a sort of a coronavirus like lawyer. So like too too near getting too near to people but then again it's hard it's hard to prove over a zoom a zoom court maybe we should just set a zoom court up we can do that right <laughs> yeah like a kind of vigilante lawyer type thing just to settle debates like on your street yeah that's, yeah i think that's a well i'm doing this i don't think i don't think you need all these qualifications you can be a lawyer yeah, you could be a lawyer, you could be a judge. You just need yeah. you just need a wig and a horsey best friend. Awesome. I mean 
<laughs> okay, well, let's move on. Obviously, horses, quite mainstream animals. Let's talk about uh, more obscure animals, the kind you might find in a zoo if you were working as a zookeeper. I see where you've gone there. It's one of those beautiful segues. That's, um, why, that's why they call me Mark Segway-Tis. They do. Yeah, you've still got that nickname. Um, I think, now look, who would not want to be surrounded by a lot of exotic animals? To be fair, if we're being brutally honest about this, um, the animals are kind of, have always been in lockdown. So they don't know any different. Um, so whether you agree with zoos or not, you know, I think like, you know, basically what you've got at the moment is a quite a tricky situation because maybe the animals think they've won and that they're actually now looking after the humans because there's, because there's no one coming to the zoos anymore. Mm. Or, so that's one way to think about it. Or alternatively, and as a zookeeper, that's probably quite a terrifying thought because suddenly you've got like a bit of a rebellion on the animals going, yeah, we've won. Alternatively, you've got a lot of depressed animals because actually they've all got pretty big egos. You know, monkeys have. Oh, yeah. I mean, and, we all know that firsthand. Yeah. Like, you know, chimpanzees have all got pretty, you know, lemurs. Lemurs have got massive egos. Yeah. I mean, leopards, arrogant pricks. Oh, ar- I mean, great lawyers. <laughs> um, but like, so, or, so the alternative option is the, uh, the animals are pretty pissed off because they're not getting an audience anymore. Mm. There's just a couple of zookeepers and every time they're, they're just sitting there waiting for people to come in and for the show to begin, you know, they're natural showmen, right? You know, especially you say like, well, maybe not the wolves. You don't see the wolves at a, a zoo. They never come out, do they? I reckon basically those pens are always empty. They just say they've got like, like a, a gang of wolves in there or pack of wolves, but there's nothing in there at all. And they just kind of, they, they do this huge enclosure just to pretend there's something in there. And there's nothing in there at all, you know. But if there is, I'm just saying that they'd be, you know, they don't care because they never see humans anyway. But whereas, you know, the lemur, the meerkat, the lemur, the meerkat, um, not necessarily probably the aquarium, but the lions, they're all probably going, where is everyone? I've trained for this my whole life. I'm not doing my job. Maybe they furloughed the animals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay so they just they've all gone home gone back to their yeah. parents yeah so i think you've got at the moment as a zookeeper you've got a pretty tough gig on your hand because not only are you going to have to decipher what's going on in the site in you know inside you know a marmoset or a, you know or, or a meerkat um great game by the way marmoset <laughs> or meerkat but <laughs> You've got to sort of, you've got to be a psychologist because you've got to see how they're feeling. And maybe not all the animals are the same. It's a tough job. It's a really tough you've... job. I think the hardest thing will be keeping spirits up. Like, how do, you, how do you keep the animals entertained? Like you say, if they're not able to entertain any visitors, how do you keep them entertained? So yeah, some, how, I mean, some examples, you know. Go on. Yeah. Know, do you teach a giraffe chess? You know, do you, you read a flamingo's horoscope? Do you recite poetry to a hippo? Like, where do you even start keeping these guys yeah. busy? Yeah, and how far do you go? Do you start throwing your own shit at a monkey? <laughs> Just to feel like a connection through yeah. dung. By the, connection through dung. That's beautiful. Um, I think giraffes would probably be pretty good 
at chess. Um, they've got a good overview of the board. I wouldn't. I, you probably <laughs> have to do like a giant board, though. By the way. Oh yeah. Like a, like a, do you mean yeah. like um one of yeah one of those? You find them at like theme parks, don't you? Where you kind of walk around the board yourself, and you become yeah. you can pretend to be like the king. Let's not be ridiculous about this. You can't get a giraffe to play a normal chess site, chess board. It's tiny. Well, I think it depends. If if you if you suggested the game, I think the uh, the playing field should be up to you. But I suppose the point is you're supposed to be helping the giraffe through this tough time. So why make it tougher? Yeah, exactly. The only thing I would say is that even you're going to have to have a giant oversized one, even bigger than the one you're talking about, because how how high is a giraffe? From up there, oh, at least uh, at least seven seven centimeters. Yeah, exactly. So 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 just just think how big that massive like chessboard is mm. from up there. It probably looks like a normal sized chessboard from how high they are. So it, it's going to need to be huge. Oh, I I haven't thought this through. I was just going to download an app on my phone. I think you're right. I think just go just go digital on this. I was thinking physical. I don't know why. I just thought it needed some exercise. But you you um, would still need a huge screen. And um, maybe because giraffes don't have fingers, maybe you'd need, um, you know, you can buy those gloves that phones can still detect the movement. Maybe you need yeah. massive gloves for the big hooves. Yeah, yeah, sure. OK, yeah, fair enough. I'm glad we had this chat because I was just going to go ahead and do this and it would have failed miserably. Well, I'm just on Amazon now. <laughs> and um, yeah, you can't really get anything like this. So we're going to have to make it. Maybe it's a new business. Maybe maybe Zookeeper. We should find some zookeepers and see how, how we can help them. But coming back to your original point, I think you're right. I think, I think maybe the point is, is to entertain the animals because no one's doing it. Or you've got some really knackered zookeepers out there trying to entertain all the animals at the same time. Which would, would yeah. Imagine going through London Zoo. It's a big old place. You'd be absolutely shattered. It'd take you a week to, to go around all the animals. Uh, yeah, because it's, it's a never-ending job, is it? By the time that you've got to the last animal you gotta go back and um entertain the first guy again start again yeah. yeah and let's not forget the animals that don't exist oh like oh like a unicorn <laughs> yeah i mean just because you can't see them doesn't mean they're not having a tough time right now not at all um i mean yeah we've all been to the unicorn enclosure in london zoo and not seen anything because they're very rare um but <laughs> like yeah the, like I, I the mean, wolves <laughs> yeah like the wolves the same same. Maybe they're in the same enclosure. I don't know. You're right, though. To be fair, for zookeepers on his own or on her own in the zoo, they're probably starting a mystical zoo on their own anyway because they're going mad for the lack of human contact. Yeah, yeah you might as well pretend that you have, you know, a, a gang of 12 dragons just flying around the coop. Yeah, why not? Why not? To be honest, um, when they unlock that zoo and the zookeeper's been in there, you're going to find some, you're going to just find him or her sitting in the middle of the zoo with his imaginary zoo, throwing his own shit, playing chess with the, with the giraffes. <laughs> yeah, he's already lost it. I'm not sure how you monetize being a zookeeper right now. I think you've got enough problems on your hands just trying to keep the animals happy. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking if humans can't visit, maybe you could invite wildlife um, to come in. Like in, maybe pets could come, invite dogs and cats, and they could pay a little fee, um, probably in biscuits. Okay, yeah. So like, um, 
you know, take your hamster to the zoo date. Yeah, yeah, just sort of pop your hamster in its little ball, just push it in the general direction of the local zoo. Um, we'll pick it up. You know, that could be our part of the bargain. We'll pick it up at the zoo gate, and then we could, we could just carry it around here, have a look at this humongous rhino. Yeah, I think in theory this is fantastic. I think what would actually happen is you probably wouldn't bring your pet back because <laughs> they'd either enjoy it so much or they might oh become God, food. Yeah, it's like the cruelest thing you could do in the world, isn't it? Yeah, you're like taunting the zoo animals. Well, maybe that's the way to get the wolves out of their hiding. <laughs> What's this thing with you and the wolves? Um, <laughs> I just, I've just been to a lot of zoos where there's always like they, they build up the wolves and there's none there. There's some guy with a cardboard mask on in the background that's 500 meters away, and everyone's going, "Oh, there he is! There he is! It's not a wolf, or it's just, it's just a really shaggy Alsatian." <laughs> but you, it's from a distance, they're trying to con you. Yeah, I mean, I could set up a fake uh, wolves enclosure now. You know, there's a wolf in the back there. It's not. It's just a Scotty dog with some really tousled hair. I think, um, I think what, it's what I find quite amusing right now is um, obviously the listener, dear listener, you can't see this, but I'm, I'm video calling David and he's got a, he's got a, a rabbit that he made um, contained in a bell jar in the background on top of a piano. <laughs> it's like he's got his own miniature zoo going on. Well, I think we're, I think we're made for it. <laughs> Already making it. I think your financial plan it's good, actually, in theory. Humans aren't paying. Get pets to yeah, pay. Yeah, okay. Start a pet plan. Um, we just need to be careful. Yeah. The pets that come can't look like food. Yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of rich cats out there. <laughs> yeah, that swan around on their velvet pillows. I would, I would target them first. If we were doing a marketing campaign, I'd be, I'd be doing um, social targeting to cats. Yeah, um, I, I totally get that feeling from cats in general actually like they like they've been left in inheritance they walk around like they got a bit of money all cats are loaded (laughs) yeah yeah okay whereas dogs they're like poor as fuck well dogs are just they're low you know dogs are the backpacker Mm. of the world aren't they you know whereas cats are you know why do you think the egyptians love the cats because because they have so much money yeah 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 i mean maybe Generally, we should be looking at cats anyway to bankroll the current bankroll, crisis. Yeah, whatever, whatever we just do. Yeah, we need a cat on board. Yeah, is that what you're saying? Um, yeah, I've, there's a couple here actually, just wandering past at the moment. I'll, um, I'll have a word. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Next time you hear a little bell ringing. So I don't know. I think I think the the realities of being a zookeeper at the moment is that you're going to go batshit crazy. Yeah. I think yeah. it could be a lot of hard work, but it could be very rewarding. You mean, you mean like financially or socially? <laughs> Definitely not financially. But I oh, think, okay, fine. Or, you know, unless, like, like we say, you know, it's a good way to meet lots of different, well, not people, but animals. And, you know, the more cats you meet, it sounds like the better chance you've got of uh, surviving in this world. Yeah, I think so. I think we've just stumbled across something that I think we should investigate. I can't believe I don't own a cat. I'm so stupid. I know. Though cats own you. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure that um, some of our investors in this podcast are cats. Yes. Yeah, aristocrats. That's the one. Aristocats. 
Oh dear. Right. Um, I'm no. I, I I love going to a zoo. I think it's fantastic. Um, I'm out. You 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 seem keener, but I'm I'm out. I just I just like animals. I'm actually not that fond of zoos. So maybe maybe I it'd be like the worst zoo keeper ever because I I'd just be like helping the animals escape all the time. I'm kind of interested, but maybe it would be for the wrong reasons. Maybe it would be to infiltrate the zoo world and destroy it from the inside. Yeah, okay. Uh, I don't think you're going to get the job. <laughs> it was was but, this the um, interview? Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, I think it was. Yeah. Damn it. Damn it. Okay, so interestingly, you seem, you seem in. I'm out. There's one final job that we've got today, which... I think it's probably the riskiest job we've had, maybe apart from geography teacher, but the riskiest job we've had um, on the show so far. And that is stunt mm. person. I mean, it just says glitz, glamour, adulation, a lot of hospital <laughs> visits. Not a good time to be visiting hospitals either. No, it's not. So my point is you're either going to have to be a seriously mediocre. Okay, like on, on shows like Casualty and The Bill. Yeah, yeah, stuff like that. that that's, you know, you, maybe they get you to do some, like, jumping up a curb. <laughs> um, or, you know, I don't know, buying, buying some heavy Yeah, shopping. fall off a skateboard, that kind of thing. Yeah, you know, maybe, like, shoulder barge someone. I don't know, something that's, like, so the actors mm. aren't going to do because they're like we're not touching this, but something that's not going to end them up in, in in a serious serious harm's way. So, like they're never going to be projecting a police car across that's a canyon. The, that's for the guy who's been know. in the business a long time, isn't it? Yeah, you yeah. have to build up to that. You have to get you know you have to get nearer to death to cheat it. I think <laughs> um, that's nice. I can so... imagine on the back of a leather jacket. Yeah. Um, so I think I think that's the point. I th- again, it's a very American thing, isn't it? Like, you know, it's very American. It's like hoops of fire, mm. monster trucks. I think the nearest we got to stunt to seeing a stunt man, mm. I think um, where we used to work, you know, 25 years ago, when oh, we worked yeah. in advertising. There was uh, uh, this guy called um, Thomas Cruz. I think, um, jumped down the side of oh, our yeah. building. Um, and people thought he was, I think he was filming Mission Impossible or something. I, I don't think he was. I think he just wanted an interview into advertising. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a very attractive job, especially right now. Yeah, he's a, he's a great copywriter, apparently. <laughs> um, but, like, yeah, they, they sort of shut down. And, he, and he, he very famously does his own stunts, doesn't he? So he doesn't need a stunt person. Mm. So I think... I think like he's pissed off a lot of stunt. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I was thinking about this. Um, if we were going to go into this, we would need to stop people like him doing their own stunts. And my way of doing that is to keep him permanently injured, but on a really small scale. So basically, we need to okay. we need to like go to town on his little toe. <laughs> so he so he can't put his shoes on. <laughs> and everyone knows no shoes, no stunts. No outside. I'm sorry, Tom. Uh, you're gonna have to stay inside today. The toe's still not healed. <laughs> yeah, we could um, 
we could make up for like a fake toe doctor that's like an expert that keeps telling him he can't go out. It's not ready. It's not ready. Yeah, it's not ready. Um, and, he, and he's been telling me that for weeks. <laughs> you know, so he's like, I'm pretty sure he doesn't know what he's talking about because um, he wasn't even pointing to my toe um, the last time we spoke. It was a hula hoop. <laughs> okay, so that's that's a well, that's a really big um, career hazard, isn't it? Like getting getting a, like a star of a movie or a TV show, thinking they can do their own stuff. Yeah, the, those are the worst. I think that's a really yeah, it's, it's kind of a killer, isn't it? Because usually, I mean, you've probably trained for this your whole life, and this, I mean, I presume that there's a stunt university. Uh, I should hope so. Yeah, so there's a stunt university. You know, it's one of those things where normally in a university, it's like, well, there's there's ninety of you on the on the course. You know, there's a big warning at the beginning of the course if it's a tough course. Going, you know, only twenty five of you, twenty five percent of you will pass. You know, everyone's going. Oh, they're really scared. In stunt school, it's like only twenty five percent of you will live. <laughs> yeah, um, past this one lecture. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> bomb goes off at the back. Yeah, it'd be it'd be a very harrowing course, wouldn't it? Just like being woken up all the time, thrown out of buildings, and yeah. Um, but yeah, like that's you know, it's that's so you've got to train for this moment, and like you're saying, celebrities are taking it off you. I just think, like, under that much stress all the time. I think we talked the other day about people looking like actually they're, they're younger. I think at Stuntman, it's a similar situation. They, they, they always look pretty old because they're experienced. They're probably not. Probably still quite young. It's just that they've gone through yeah, so their, much stress. Their bodies. They always fast. look older, you know. Like, I'm, yeah. you know, I'm sure unless you've um, landed face first on the concrete from, like, 50 yards up, you probably can't call yourself a stunt person. No, you know, unless you, you if you've got any of your own teeth, <laughs> you're not a stunt yeah. person. Yeah, if you've got both your original legs, yeah. you're not a stunt person. Yeah, you know those maps you get um, where, like, you can, you get the map of the world and you can mm. get a coin and you rub off the country. Where I think stunt people basically get one of those maps of, like, their body, <laughs> um, of, like, a skeleton, and they just rub off every time yeah. they break a bone you know and oh, that's yeah. their cv and um and they they, they end up going and it's like how many bones <laughs> you broken and it, what, what is it there's, there's over 200 bones in the body isn't there and you go well i've broken 20 and it's yeah. like i'm sorry yeah. you're not you're, you're not experienced for this job so do you think tom cruise yeah. has broken multiple bones no he's, no, he's made of he steel isn't he i don't think so I mean, I would, I'd personally look at like some biohacking stuff if I was a stunt person, like making, like making your bones rubber. <laughs> yeah, kind of like floppy and, you know, they can be stretched and then they go back to the same size. Yeah, you know, why not? Like if you're going to invest in that sort, it's just, it's, it's kind of most people like read books about their chosen career progression. No, you'd be, you'd hack your own body so it didn't get destroyed. Yeah. I think you go like, you know, how hard can it be for me to have a head transplant with a rhino yeah exactly and maybe what we should do interestingly today we've got a bit of a mix of jobs here so what we do is let's chuck a stuntman as a zookeeper and let them <laughs> run around with the animals a little bit for a bit of training um and it gives it gives the stunt person a kind of like some training and it gives the animals yeah everybody wins that's interesting yeah okay help yeah. each other out Okay. Yeah. Well, maybe in that in that case, maybe 
maybe you could maybe I could open a zoo and you could train as a stunt person yeah I'm not doing that <laughs> and because uh, uh, I, I oh so, so you want to do it the other way around do you oh yeah 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 um, <laughs> one thing I thought that could make this viable you don't have to always be the daring stunt person right you could be a body part stunt double so for okay. example everyone thinks of there's this kind of car chase and it's like guy on bike um you know jumps off a bridge explosions in the background that's a stunt person not always in some cases person goes into shower closes the door cut to their ass and that's not the celebrity's ass that's a stunt ass okay stunt, stunt ass. <laughs> well other body parts it could be stunt elbow you know any any body part that a celebrity doesn't want on screen you could be that but something would have to happen. So, like, for example, you'd have to fall over on your ass, and that would have to be a stunt person. Is that what you're um, saying? I think sometimes it can literally just be a bit of nudity. Like, I'm a stunt nudity person. Um, but, yeah, I mean, okay. I think that would make it more interesting if if there was a bit more of a traditional stunt, a uh, bit of danger to it, ass in danger. Okay. Yeah, I think I think there's got to be an element of danger. Otherwise, unless like say, unless like a celebrity's got a really, or you know, film star's got a really <laughs> terrible ass, um, they're probably, you know, yeah, I think that's a good option. But you do make an interesting point. Do you think like a stunt person's ever cheated anyone? Because arguably, you might not know mm -hmm. what stunt people look like. So stunt person rocks up on the set, director goes, "We're going to blow you up in the car," and they go, "Yeah, fair enough." But I wonder if a stunt person's ever contra like contracted someone else. Like got a, got a, like subletted themselves out. So they get a job. We're going to throw you off a cliff today, 60 foot. And then he phones someone up and goes, I've got a job for you. So he gets the money. And he also protects himself. So he's got a stunt person for the stunt person. So he's got his own stunt yeah, okay, double. But and each time they look less like the original person they're supposed to look like. Yeah. Maybe there's, there's yeah, a whole like, thing. And then, like, you're only actually ever allowed to do one stunt, but like, that's not publicly known. You still have to turn up and pretend that you're going to do it, but actually you've subletted the job because that's yeah. how it works. That's it. So maybe what we're looking at here then is actually you just try <laughs> and clone yourself, wouldn't you? I mean, I've been trying to do that for a long time. Yeah, we all have, but but um, but yeah, you just clone yourself. That'd be yeah. that'd be the ideal could, thing to do. You could take on the like, most daring stunts in the business. Yeah, this guy's amazing. <laughs> we thought he was dead. Oh yeah, yeah, I died and came back to life. You know, I mean, maybe there's a whole thing in that, isn't there, about the stunt man who who passed who passed on death. You know, um, and it's just because he's got there's I seventeen can, of him. I can kind of see the Hollywood film right now. Yeah, I can. Yeah, you probably would have to. Get stuntman stuntman involved. I think you know. Tom Tom Cruise would play the title um, role, to, obviously. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> I think it'd be a fun profession, a lot of fun. I just think I think I'm more about what you're saying, though. I think we, like you're saying about uh, like a stunt body double. I think I'm in I'm in for that, or for some for some low level stunts. Yeah, you know, like like if it was a like a period drama, maybe like you get well trained in. Slipping on a picnic blanket. Yeah. You know, it's very hard to make that authentic. You have to know how to fall. 
you know, drop my potato salad. You can't make that's not easy to make that look real. <laughs> yeah, look at great. You kind of take the mess. So rather than like something that a celebrity doesn't want to do because they might get hurt, it's it's just gonna get a bit messy. I'm just this this is this is a new shirt. Oh shit. Yeah. The falafel. Get the stuff the falafel. in there. Take the falafel to the face. Well, that's it. So we've, we've kind of, I mean, I think this probably already happened, but maybe like a food yeah. stunt person is great. Yeah. But I think it's, it's got to be on very specific shows. You know, I mean, maybe Mary Berry had her own stunt person on the Bake Off when she did the mm. Bake Off and it was on BBC. Because there's no way she did a lot of her own mixing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I remember that, actually. Yeah, there were close-ups of her hands um, mixing the bowls. I mean, clearly not her. In fact, in fact, I don't even think it was the same no. person. I think they were different hands. Yeah, one's <laughs> holding the one bowl, and it's a different hand. You know, Mary Berry's going, <laughs> I don't do this anymore. I'm too old. She, it's I'm not too old that. to make cakes. She's just too big a deal. Oh, you think like, oh, yeah, okay. So it's more of an yeah. ego thing rather than I can't do it. I can she, do it. She wasn't I even moving her own it. mouth on that show. It was someone, someone had a kid on a stick <laughs> and they were just pushing it up and down. Paul Hollywood's <laughs> definitely got a stunt double. He's got... Like, definitely. He doesn't do all, he doesn't do all that needing. No, of that no, he doesn't need that in his life. No, he does <laughs> um, not. This is, yeah, I think there's a but, nice little niche there. I don't know if it exists already or not, but I'd quite happily basically do a bit of... It's a little bit of hard work on these shows, isn't it? Yeah, just, just like... So yeah, just just fill in for the boring bits. Maybe there's a bit in a period drama. There's, a, there's always this bit in a period drama where they they film from outside and someone stares through the window while they while someone's in the in behind them in the room and they're talking. Maybe like the lead actress is going, <laughs> "I don't want to stand here for eleven minutes. Can you can you mm. be my stare double? Because this is going to be really you know." Yeah, that's good. And they're going, but hang on. Maybe it's Judy Dench or something, you know, she's like staring through some some glass, some old glass in a period drama and and they're going, Judy, all we've got is Dave. Dave's fifty six. <laughs> he doesn't really look anything like you. Dave's only here for the food shots. He's not here for the staring shots. And Ju- Judy goes, Do you know who I am? I'm Judy <laughs> Dench. Get him in. So there's three filming stop for three days because because of the eleven-minute staring scene, and they're having to make Dave up like Judy Dench, <laughs> yeah. and um, they drop him in, and they in the editing suite it turns into a a, a three-second shot, and Dave's you know so so I think like you know it could I be think you could ruin film as well. Like they'd have to try and make Dave look like Judy, but I think there's got to be somewhere to meet in the middle. They'd have to make Judy look like Dave a bit as well, and maybe that maybe that'd smooth it over. Yeah. Yeah, so I think personally, I know we do this all the time. I think we're obviously always right. This is what a real stunt person does, isn't it? Day to day, you know, you have like BAU stuff, mm. you do business as usual stuff. This is this is you're not always, you're not maybe always jumping over ravines or flying out of helicopters or jumping on trains and stuff. You know, this isn't a Bond film. It's kind of England, and it's you know, it's a it's a kind of period drama with some with some couscous and some glass. I could do that because I can, I can spill food with <laughs> the best of them. Yeah, I can muck up a, a new T-shirt. Easy. Yeah, on a petticoat. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I could get angry. Okay, I quite like this. 
I, I, I worry that we're describing yeah. the job of an extra, but I think if you're standing in for the uh, lead character and you're, you're going through them, they've hired you directly as their personal food double, stunt double, then I think, I think there's a nice little niche in there. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, I think there's a little, I thought we should have a little recap because I think we enjoyed the argument yes. of the lawyer. No. So I think, I think that's good. No, maybe. Um, but actually, and we're not really sure what goes on behind, you know, in the court. So it could be, it could be fun. You could get there and it could be horrific. I just thought actually you could open it. You could, it could be a zoo. You wouldn't know, would you? Maybe it's just, maybe actually what it is, is that there's just like, let's combine all three jobs. Fuck it. We can do what we want. It's our own podcast. Maybe, maybe you become a zookeeper stroke lawyer and you, or, you know, some of the monkeys. Yeah, I mean, lawyers. it would explain the nakedness. It could totally explain the nakedness and the shit throwing. And then I think, um, I think zookeepers are a tough one for me. I think, I think we've changed it a little bit, but I think if you ended up having to entertain mm. the animals, you'd get pretty knackered. I, I just think pff, I'm not, I'm not into that to be honest. Whereas stuntman, you know, if I'm going to be a stuntman, um, I'm going to go for the, low level stunt person kind of food dropping <laughs> fire poking pe- period drama yeah. staring stunt person um that I looks think, like Judy I think that's and i'm in i like what you've done with combining i think it's stunt person all the way i think we're going after the the things that the celebs don't want to do but is things that are beneath proper stunt people there's a gap there it's very niche Oh, I love it. in the market. <laughs> Let's fill it with uh, flames and danger. And um, <laughs> drop tricks. Yeah, like I say, danger. Okay, that's great. Thank yep. you very much, Mr. Finch. Thank you all for listening. Yeah, thank you. I hope we've given you some ideas. This has been Two Gobs, No Job, and uh, we look forward to talking bollocks with you again soon. <laughs>